This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You are here live on this lovely Sunday morning, or at least lovely Sunday morning here in L.A. I understand that uh, in some parts of the country, it may not be so lovely. And you're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. As I always say, we're here for you. We're here for your pets. This is my version of telemedicine. And uh, that is like a hot topic right now. I was on with Dr. Drew Pinsky on Friday doing a segment on, amongst other things, COVID-19 and pets, but also telemedicine. You know, it is. it seems to be the new in thing. And the more and more people I talk to on telemedicine, the more they seem to really appreciate it, especially since I've gotten, and I'm sure this has happened to you as well, yet you call your vet to make an appointment. We're going to talk about this a little later. And they say, okay, we can get you in in three weeks. Well, what, but my dog's been vomiting since last night. I got to get him in today. No, I'm sorry. Then you have to go to emergency. It's a mind blow how, because of the limitations of being able to see patients, how the normal 15 or 20 minute exam is now a one hour exam. And they're so worried about the social distancing and the people, you know, congregating in one area that uh, they are putting in these extreme limitations. So very important to think about uh, what you can do to battle that. And telemedicine is one of those things. So anyway, uh, we're here for you. I want to get uh, have our, our different stories in the news. I want to uh, give you a great way to get a hold of us. The easy way. I don't love it, but it's easy. 877-385-8882. Toll free. 877-385-8882. The better way is to join us live here on Zoom. And what you go on to is the website for PetLifeRadio.com. And you click on shows and you go to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And there will be a link left there for you to click on. It's there for you to click on and join us here live on Pet Life Radio. We'd love to uh, see you see you your pet. And this is, I've been practicing medicine lately. I mean, not only, not solely, but, you know, certainly a couple of hours a day. I mean, to put it in perspective, since midnight last night, where I thought maybe, just maybe I'll get a good night's sleep until eight o'clock this morning, I took nine phone calls. And uh, so I'm just, uh, every time I hit that REM, you know, rapid eye movement sleep, I'm okay. All of a sudden my phone would go off again. Oh God, get out of bed, take the call. And then uh, before you know it, it happened again. And then this morning, I finally, I got a call that woke me up at 4.30 this morning. Thank you very much. But I'll tell you, knowing that I can help these pets and knowing I can, I can help their people navigate through the difficulties of getting a hold of a veterinarian, I mean, it's all worth it. So in the news, it would be unusual for me to start with anything but a COVID-19 story. So I reported last week or the week before about the minks, how about 200 plus minks died in a mink farm here in the US from COVID. And it turns out that some of the employees had COVID. And apparently minks, unlike dogs, which are don't show any sign, cats that can show a sign, but it's very mild, and they all have recovered, to ferrets, a little bit worse than cats, and now to minks, killed over 200 minks. And um, well, in Denmark, there was a uh, also a breakout amongst mink farms. And apparently Denmark has over a thousand mink farms. So when you are, well, I, I'm not going to pass judgment, but maybe a, a soft word, questionable enough, evil enough, I don't know, to wear mink, there's a good chance that it's coming from Denmark because over a thousand mink farms. Let's put it this way. They are 
going to destroy over 300,000 mink, okay? Now, mind you, this sounds terrible, but when you're in a mink farm, it's just a matter of time anyway, where your poor little cute little mink is going to be taken. So um, there is a, a mutated version of the SARS-CoV-2 in mink farm in Denmark, which is potentially able to infect humans. But if that is the case, this mutated strain is going to be able to evade the vaccine. So at least the vaccines that are currently in the pipeline. So what this means is that if you are around a mink that uh, that is infected with this version and gives it to you, then that's bad news. So maybe, just maybe, you should think twice about buying anything mink. And uh, that way, if the mink farmers have no place to sell their products, then they'll stop farming mink just to kill them. And then you can get faux fur, which there's some really, really, really good ones out there. And you wouldn't even know the difference. That's like, you know, wearing, you know, when you have that really good CZ cubic zirconium stone, right? That big 10 character, right? Most people don't know. They know, oh, wow, wow. What a beautiful stone. What a beautiful diamond. So the only person that knows is you. So um, anyway, choice is yours, but I'm throwing my two cents in. The risk from these have not yet been proven, but still, <laughs> if you're hanging around with mink, I would think twice. Speaking of exposures, this is interesting. More than a dozen kindergartners, kindergartners at a school in Manor, Texas, were seen, get this, this is funny, playing with or near a bat. And what was so unusual about this bat, because bats don't usually sit on the ground and let you play with them and touch them. So this bat turned out to have rabies. And uh, anyway, the families were notified and I think they were referred to physicians for testing and whatever, or the rabies vaccine. Um, none of the kids that I know have gotten bitten, but teacher kids don't play with bats. I mean, it's, uh, there are certain animals you just don't want to play with. Skunks, raccoons, bats, besides the fact that they can be very dangerous and they have a mean bite and they, their claws, oh my God, you've heard stories, their claws dig into you, it's like land on your head and you frighten them, their claws dig into your scalp and they have to cut all your hair off and come, come on, right? Don't play with them. So anyway, these kids maybe learned a lesson, maybe not. Fortunately, there is a, a way to give a, a rabies injection, a vaccine, because it's one of the few vaccines you can give to a person or an animal after exposure. Because the from time of exposure to the disease takes long enough that the vaccine will beat it. And um, I mean, you know, only two weeks later, but if it's in a couple of you know, day or two, uh, you can get a vaccine right away. So this was the story. You know, I'm going to save the story till the end about what, what we can expect as pet parents trying to make appointments and see our veterinarians. So um, this is really cool. I thought it was pretty cool. Dogs are always being studied, and not just by vet schools, by cognitive science, by behavioral science schools, PhD programs. They're studying dogs. And this was a good one. So Dogs, as opposed to people, have a vowel bias. People apparently have a consonant bias. So when we hear a word that is very similar, for example, spay or stay, okay, we can tell the difference because of stay and spay do not have the same meaning. All we changed was one letter. And yet we can tell, we can distinguish because we have consonant bias. Dogs, on the other hand, have vowel bias. What does this mean? What does this mean for the life of a dog? So for example, if you have a dog named Spot, all right, and you come and call him Spit, he will not pay attention. 
he will not come to you. But if you call him instead of spot, spod with a D at the end, all right, or spam, he will come to you because they listen to the sounds of and the vowels are what usually makes more of the sound. Likewise, if you call him stot, all right, instead of spot, S-P-O-T, S-D-O-T, he'll still come to you. But if you call him spat or spit or sput, he, they don't pay attention. That's really cool. Now, how's this practical? I mean, so what? So don't name your name. Don't call your dog by the wrong name. That's easy. But how is it? What's a practical application? And here's what they said. And I thought this was very interesting. If you have a dog named Ella and then you get a new puppy, don't name her Stella because then you're going to cause confusion because the dogs won't know. Because remember, the constant, so it's the vowel that makes a difference. You're using the E-L-L-A. That's the same. It's just S-T or just E. So therefore, you don't want to confuse them because Stella and Ella to them is exactly the same. All right? To us, it's not. Now, also, when you're teaching your dog words, now, what is one of the most common words we teach our dog is stay. Well, if you want them to lie down, don't say lay. Because instead of lying down, they're going to stay. So it, it helps us navigate through what words we use to help train our dogs, to help call our dogs. So you know, instead of wanting to stay, you can say lie down or down, but don't say lay. So um, I thought that was very interesting. And, you know, just again, more and more and more and more we stuff we learn about dogs. I am, you know, so amazed and impressed by what we learn about them. Next up, let's see. Oh, this... This is really good. Speaking of words and diction, how about this one? There's a new app. I don't know if it's out yet, but it's coming out. It was developed actually by a guy named Javier Sanchez. He works at a Bellevue, Washington-based tech company. It's called Meow Talk. And what they did was they recorded hundreds of thousands of cat vocalizations, different kinds of meows, and what circumstances, and basically were able to determine with pretty close accuracy, what the cat was trying to tell you. So now you, they have an app, as I said, it may not be out yet, but it's coming, where you record the vocalization coming from your cat, and it'll convert to language, English, that we understand, and tell you, what the heck is he saying? He's looking at you meowing away. You have no idea what he's saying. But with this app, you'll be able to determine what the cat is telling you. He might be telling you to go to hell for all we know, but uh, you changed my diet. I'm so mad at you. But uh, anyway, there's more of this, you know, artificial intelligence stuff coming out. But <laughs> to think about it. Think about it. You're talking to your cat and he's talking back at you. And now you know what he's saying. And speaking of cats, this is also really cool. And that is this, that there is a significantly decreased amount of feline URIs, upper respiratory infection spreading, all right, with ultraviolet air disinfection. This is really cool. You know, it's funny because I remember I worked in my first practice. They had UV lights on the uh, walls of, in the wards. And I thought, you know, there was a study years and years. This We're talking 35 years ago, even 40 years ago when I was a technician. And um, it was like, yeah, some, you heard about it, but you didn't really know about it. Now, think so. It took long enough. There's actually some science to back it up. So the upper respiratory infection rate in animal shelters and a kitten nursery, check this out, decreased by 87.1%, 87, almost 90% when UV germicidal irradiation, an air disinfection system was used. That is amazing when you think about it. Can you imagine in a hospital, think about kennel cough. 
I, just as an example, okay? Where does kennel cough usually happen? Why do they call it kennel cough? Because it happens in kennels. And now it's doggy daycare cough. And now it's dog park cough. I mean, so can you imagine that these facilities, if they put up that UV light in all of the wards, that you can dramatically drop the incidence of kennel cough, Bordetella infection, that would be amazing. So that's uh, something on the horizon. I'm sure we're going to read a lot more about it. So anyway, when we come back, first of all, any questions, shoot me. I see participants too. That's me. And that is our producer, Mark. I think we need to see a three or four up there. Don't you? So give us a call, 877-385-8882. Or join us here live on Zoom at PetLifeRadio.com. Shows Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And hit that little link that was left for you. And you can join us live. Don't go away. When we come back, we're going to talk about what to do with your veterinarians during COVID. Because it's not good when they're making you wait three and four weeks to get in for an appointment. Don't go away. Looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog? Daily Dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose, your pet's daily dose of awesome. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's yourpetsdailydose.com. So now I've got this pack of four Sharpay Rescue dogs for, oh my goodness, probably five, six years. They get a regular diet of Dynavite with every meal. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. People remark on what beautiful coats they've got. I tell them, you don't need to wait until a problem presents itself. It's far better to keep the dog happy and healthy at all times. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Help your dog from the inside out with Caniotic Daily Probiotic for Dogs. Caniotic's superior and exclusive technology makes it the only dog probiotic from the dog for the dog. Your dog's gastrointestinal tract is important to their well-being, and a daily dose of Caniotic is one easy way you can support it. Caniotic, C-A-N-I-O-T-I-C, is available on Chewy.com. Add it to your cart today and give it a try. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And the key words are ask the vets. You have a vet here, ask them questions. Judging from the calls I get, I got to tell you, a lot of people have questions and are thrilled, thrilled that they can actually talk to a live vet. Now, when you have questions, what are you doing now? Going to Dr. Google? Are you joking? You know, that talk about sensationalizing things. Dr. Google is not your friend. Not to say they don't have good information, but they also have a lot of bad information. Like I say, the internet is a great source of information. It really is. But it's even, unfortunately, a greater source of misinformation. So when you are, it's one-way conversation where you're just reading something, you're clicking in, and, and they're spewing out all this crap 
you have no chance to ask your question about what, wait a second, get, but that's not exactly what he's doing or that's not the case. Where you are live action with a veterinarian, then you can ask questions in return. And um, I, as I said, I love Google. I even look up stuff on Google, but I have a filter. My filter is me. A lot of you don't have a filter because you don't know. So you're better off talking to a real live veterinarian. So uh, get in the habit. And unfortunately, what we're seeing now is those real live veterinarians, the number of problems with them. Number one, because of COVID, they're not as available. The whole dynamic of an office visit has changed. Perfect example. And I, I know you. And so don't, you're looking and listening to this and say, oh, no, that's not me. Oh, yeah, it is. And that is the following. You get the reminder from your vet, whether it's an email or a postcard, and it says, Buffy is due vaccines coming up in December. Guess what you do? I know what you do because I've been on the other end. You wait until December and you call for the appointment. Well, guess what? That's not going to work anymore. If you call for your appointment in December, they'll be able to see you in February. And by then, the vaccine's overdue. So the first thing we have to do is you need to change your mindset and change how you respond to those mailers, be they email, be they postcard, whatever. And that is you've got to plan in advance because what's happening is they're scheduling weeks, weeks, and sometimes months in advance. I got two air vet calls um, about now it's like three weeks ago. Interestingly, same week, both from upstate New York. One was Albany. And one was, I don't know, maybe Buffalo. We were talking about Cornell, maybe Ithaca, but it was upstate. And um, they have new puppies. They rescued. Yay, they rescued new puppies. Again, there's so many people rescuing. The only good news for, about COVID is the fact that a lot of these homeless puppies are finding their forever homes. I only hope that they stay in your forever home. And after COVID's over, whenever that might be, you don't say, oh God, this dog, I don't have time for it now. I did during COVID. I don't have time for it now. And I'm going to take it back to the shelter. You do not want to do that. But so what's happening is they have new puppies. You can you imagine you adopt a new puppy? You have you're loaded with questions. You need advice. You need a game plan. You need to know what to do on a daily basis and how to train and how to feed and what vaccines. And oh yes, I'm sorry. We can get you in. This was last month. This was October. We can get you in in January. Whoa, January two three months waitlist. Yes, because it's a new client. They're not taking in new clients. To me, beyond absurd. But that's the way it is. Because they, many, 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 many hospitals are not letting you in the office. Uh, I took a call. One of the calls I took this morning, uh, they couldn't get her in. They weren't even going to be open until Wednesday. Here it is, a Sunday morning. That's Sunday, Monday, two, three days he has to wait with his dog who's vomiting to even talk to somebody, even then to be told, oh, yeah, well, oh, we can make an appointment for you. Yeah, how about March 3rd? I mean, what kind of nonsense is this? But it's happening. So you need to change how you do things because the doctors aren't changing. We have tried to employ real curbside. Right now, they're not letting you in the office and they have curbside. What does that mean? That means that you're sitting in the car and you call. Hi, okay, I'm in the parking lot. Mrs. Smith in the parking lot. Okay, we'll send somebody right out. They send out a technician or a CSR, a customer service rep, who's got the clipboard. You have to fill out what you're coming in for. And they take the dog with you. They take Buffy with them. You, however, you get to stay in your car. And you're in the car for, I don't know, by the time this whole thing takes place, it's already been 20 minutes. Now, Buffy's in the, in the exam room with the doctor, and the doctor does an exam based on what you told them. There's no questioning here. No ask you questions, no interaction. So you, they're basically basing their plan, their exam on what you told them the problem is. Now, guess what? The nurse comes out. It's done. Medicine's given. You had no conversation here, no plan. What are we going to do? If they do, they're going to go out and talk to you. This is what the doctor would like to do. 
And you're going to say, well, um, I, I, I don't know. What, what is he going to tell us? Oh, hold on. I'll come back. Then they go out to, to, the, to the doctor. Then they come back at you. Now it's been 45 minutes and you, you haven't even seen or talked to anybody really except the CSR or the technician and still don't have a game plan. So before you know it, that normally 15, 20 minute appointment is now an hour, which is why a lot of these hospitals, including my old hospital that I sold and left, right, is seeing eight clients a day instead of normally 20 or 30. No wonder why they're booked out for two, three, four weeks. The efficiencies are totally gone. In comes a really good telemedicine platform. And now when the Buffy's in the room with the doctor, the doctor can chat you live real time. The only difference is you're not sitting in front, but you're right there on the phone, you're in your car. So now the whole conversation is exactly the way it would have been had you been in the exam room with your pet and the doctor. And the difference is now you're just in your car. So when you try to teach doctors, your doctors, how to employ this in their practices, they are, we don't do it that way. Or they can do a, a phoner. They call you on the phone. That's better than nothing for sure, but it's not the same. How are you going to explain to the doctor about what that growth looks like when you're just on the phone? Whereas on video app, no doc, you see, okay, well, you see where the, the air is. Okay. Go in about a, a quarter of an inch above, on top of the ear. There you go. You got it. Okay. So it's so much more efficient, so much more effective. So I'm going to be so bold because I'm so upset at my colleagues to say, if your vet isn't using curbside the right way, then look for another vet because it is just impossible. And for all I know, this is going to go on for at least, they say, till another year, till next November. So if I were you, I'd say, you know what, if you're not going to do it right, then, then don't do it. I'm going to find somebody who's going to do it right. And I do know a number of hospitals that are using telemedicine properly and are doing much, much better. Now, another thing to do is look for a hospital that is with social distancing, with precautions, with masks and face shields are allowing one or two clients in at a time, depending on the size of the waiting room. Can they separate the six feet, putting them in an exam room? And that's what we do. And for us, it's not our option for curbside. It's the client. If the client really wants it because they're at risk, they're a high risk or they're whatever, or they just don't feel comfortable, no problem. We'll get you on AirVet. You sign up on AirVet. Well, they're already signed up on AirVet. And we're going to call you as soon as Buffy's in the room with us. We're going to call you on the, on the app and you can tell us what's going on. But obviously, many, many, many more of my clients are say to me on the phone, are we able to come in? Are we able to, to see you? So that's the way it should be done. So what I'd recommend doing is when you get the postcard, if it's a routine, right, we call it an elective or just a vaccine reminder, book it right away because you got at least two, three weeks to wait. If it's something urgent, they're going to send you possibly to an emergency care, to an urgent care. You know, again, I, I feel sorry for you. Uh, if you want, you can, uh, you know, pick my brain, put me as your primary on air vet. I'd be happy to talk to you. I do it. I'd say, well, well over half the people I talk to daily are not my clients. They calling me from the app and I'm picking up as a chief veterinary officer. And um, uh, we, we talk to them. And again, I'd say with emergencies, at least 80% aren't. The problem is, even if it's not one of the emergencies, I still want you to see your vet the next day or in two days and um, can't even do that. So it's, um, it really is challenging. With that in mind, and our time is up for today, what I'm doing next week, I'm going to talk about what you can do, OTC, what medications, what can you get? Because there is something with telemedicine called the VCPR. Uh, all but 12 states now have strict VCPRs, including here in California, that I cannot diagnose or treat. I can't call Walgreens for your medication. I know what I want to give you. I know what your pet should be on based on my, my visual with you, based on the conference call, the telehealth 
telemedicine conference call, and yet I, I'm, my hands are tied. I can't do it. It's ridiculously obnoxious. But those are the states. But we, when we started telemedicine, it was two states. Now it's 12. So we're breaking in. They're realizing that to prescribe an antibiotic is not going to kill your dog. If I, now, would I prescribe a narcotic? Heck no. But we're talking about basic, basic stuff to help your dogs get through these problems that they're having when their own veterinarian is inaccessible. So um, we're going to talk about some suggestions I have for you that I've recommended to my clients that will work in a pinch depending on the problem. And uh, we'll take it from there. So anyway, thanks for joining me here today on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Have a great week, everybody. If it's raining and storming, stay dry. I know it is in Florida right now. And um, uh, it's supposed to rain here in LA. A little rain yesterday, it's supposed to rain again. But uh, besides the fact that it got really cold, on Friday, it was 87 degrees. Yesterday, Saturday, was 62 degrees. We had over a 20 degree drop in one day. It was crazy. So um, we're not used to, you know, I'm a, I'm a California wuss. I walk outside, I got the jacket on. So uh, I know you guys are still probably in 60 degree weather saying, oh, this is great. I'm wearing my short sleeve shorts and, and, and my shorts. But uh, anyway, have a good week. Next week, we're going to talk some more. If you have any questions about anything, if you're afraid to call while we're here live on air, at least send them to me, Dr. Jeff, drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. I will be happy to answer them online, or if you want to leave me a phone number or an email, I will converse with you. As I said, I do this every day on telemedicine. So for me, it's a joy if I can help you out. I would love to. I look forward to it and feel privileged that I was able to. So uh, have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Same time, same bat channel here, Pet Life Radios. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jack. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.